Welcome to the CineScare Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Speak. And I am also one of your hosts, Joe Jans. And of course, joining us as always is the superfan, Mr. Mark Piscati. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me back. The cacophony of comedy. The cacophony <laughs> of comedy. What? Yeah. The incubator of boners. Yeah. <laughs> A laboratory of verbal gaffes. Here what we else? go. I, I guess we should come up with one each time. The guy we call not Brian. It's Mark. <laughs> no, don't not bring Brian. him up. You guys can't bring him up every episode. <sighs> we can and might. <laughs> Brian says otherwise. Uh, okay. So, what the heck is happening behind me? Anyway, you have a we, large feline behind you that's causing all sorts of distractions. I know it sure is. Anyway, uh, we're back again, and we are now in December. Oh my god, that was horrible. So. Maybe um, we should play it backwards. I want a hippopotamus for oh, Christmas. No, no, no. And Mark, no. What? God. No. Of it's all the songs? All the no, Christmas that's songs, the best one. It's the worst Christmas song ever. It's right up there with Paul McCartney's Christmas song. That simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Oh, what about last Christmas? Wham. That's better than Hippopotamus. Hippopotamus I think mm-hmm. every day must feel like a holiday. You guys know that one? No. You, no, it's you that. Will. You will. I'll put it in there. Uh, who, who sang that one? Lots of people. It's an old soul Christmas song from the 70s. Wow. Well, I'll be interested to hear that one on our next episode. Uh, or actually, this episode. Uh, so, we are back once again, and... We have a theme, of course, and that is The Exorcist, which I, I'm actually kind of surprised it took us this long to get around to this one because this is, you know, one of the great classics of all time. But before we busy. get there, we have been busy, yeah. Uh, before we get there, though, let's talk about what we've been watching up to this point in the last couple of weeks. Joe, what have you watched? Anything that is non theme related? Blazing Saddles. <laughs> did you watch it? Yeah, actually, I did. Uh, I'm sure I watched something else scary, but the only movie I can think of recently that I watched was Blazing Saddles. It's a great this movie. Is, this is why I log them in Letterbox, <laughs> and then I and then I just I can glance at my Letterbox when we're on here, and I and I remember what I've watched. I'm usually I, falling asleep through half of them. So. I I gotta get into Letterbox. I, I see a lot of people uh, talking about Letterbox. It seems like a pretty cool app. It's it's fantastic. It's a great way to log the movies that you watched and to, you know, rate them and and everything. And and then I keep my list of I keep a running list of the movies I've watched each year so that I can kind of refer to them as far as what my top ten is going to be. Which we're our next episode is going to be our top ten. Horror movies of the year. Okay. Um, so, anyway, it's just an easy way to keep track of what you've been watching. So, cool. well, Mark, did you watch any th- uh, anything that was not theme related? Uh, well, I, I watched uh, The Wind. It's a 2018. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, 
Netflix. It's on Netflix. Have, have you seen that? Yeah, that's is that the one that's out like in the old west yeah. or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I just recently watched it. It's a supernatural thriller uh, set in the western frontier in the late 1800s. Uh, it's a story of a wife left on her own while her husband travels back to Illinois on some business. Um, she deals with isolation and starts to have uh, horrific... Her husband pla- uh, travels back to Illinois. <laughs> he, he's uh, from Chicago. he yeah. was from Chicago, by the way. I was from Cicero's. Uh, yeah, she deals with uh, isolation. Uh, she has some horrific uh, flashbacks of of what had transpired before. There's lots of flashbacks going back and forth. Um, I actually really enjoyed it. I like westerns, so it's a nice little uh, treat having it be a supernatural, uh, I guess you can say, ghost story. Um, I mean, it, it's not the best I've seen, but I, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was pretty. I thought it was pretty good. Um, yeah, I, also, I liked. I actually liked that one. I thought it was pretty good too. Yeah, um, yeah. The music's great with the violins and um, nice. Uh, the acting, uh, I think, is uh, phenomenal by uh, the actress. I forgot her name. Um, it's damn it. Caitlin Gerard, I think. Yeah, I, I think she's been in another horror movie too. I, uh, I, I am beat it, and I didn't write it down. Dang it. Yeah, uh, no, she's she's she was really good, and uh, I think she was in in one of the Insidious movies, maybe. Yeah, Insidious two, I think she was in. Yeah, and I believe she's going to be in the new one coming out as well. Okay, but yeah. and she was in the Social Network, and she's been in a lot of or a few, you know, some different things, but uh, and she's yeah. purdy. <laughs> she's yeah, really purdy. Um, also, I watched. Uh, uh, with uh, Joe and uh, Matt's recommendation, I watched uh, Trick or Treat, uh, the 2008, and oh boy, is that a good one! Um, I it, it's it's fascinating that I've never seen this film, knowing that there's like figures out there, and this is a, a cult classic. I can't believe this was uh, pushed back, and they didn't want to release it for a while. Um, yeah, lo- they had a they had Mike. I think his name is Michael Doherty. Is the director? Yeah, yeah, and creator of it, and he had a really hard time getting any kind of studio support for it. Obviously, they put some money into it because it looks yeah. fantastic. I mean, it, I don't think it's a huge budget, but it, but I mean, it looks great. Like yeah. it looks like a Tim Burton movie, basically, almost. Mm-hmm. You know, in that kind of vein. Like it's everything is thought out. Every shot seems to have some sort of like Halloween theme in it, you know, almost, and you know, it's great. funny. And it's really funny. they got decent actors. In yeah. It. I mean, they didn't skimp on that either. Yeah. yeah Anna no. Paquin. And, yep. uh, they had the, the fat redhead little kid from bad Santa in it. Um, uh, yeah, no, it, it's really good. And why can't we live in a town that celebrates Halloween like they do? That would, that would be glorious. Change the costumes I mean, and the costumes and the parade. No, well, no. At the beginning of the movie, I, the whole street it was like a parade, oh, like New Orleans. Off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, it, everybody's excited about it. Change starts with you, Mark. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> become the mayor of a small town, Mark, and, and you can do it every Halloween want. town. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, what, 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 I oh um, I saw a movie maybe you guys have already seen before. It's called The Hunt. Um, it was released in 2020. Yep. Have you guys that seen that? Like yeah, that top, was one of my top. Yeah, it was 10. in my top two, I believe. 
Joe, yeah. I Joe, I've been when I watched this movie, I watched it for the first time, and Joe, when I uh, watched this movie, I was going, Joe's gonna oh, yeah. love this movie. Like, I mean, I I kept on thinking of Joe. No offense, Matt, but this seemed like a Joe movie. To uh, I'm wildly offended right now. No, you're not. Uh, fantastic movie, complete satire. Uh, you don't know who's like the main character for the first 20 minutes because you think it's gonna be um, uh, what's uh. Uh, Roberts, Emma Roberts, you think she's going to be the lead and, you know, she's gone. And it, it, it was just really fun. It reminded me of like Cabin of the Cabin in the Woods and um, trying to think and Hunger Games, I guess. But but I love like humans being hunted in that sort of uh, genre. I, uh, well, what's that one movie of uh, the, the Bellinic Project when they're. Uh, trapped. Uh, Bel, uh, Belichick? No, not, no, no. Belco. 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 I'm, I'm thinking of football right now. Belichick. Belco experiment was also one of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah, I love that movie. Uh, oh, so, I yeah. take that back. It wasn't in my top ten actually, but it was in my top fifteen. Yeah, it was fun. It, it, yeah, talk talk about a girl fight scene at the end. Holy mackerel, that was that was a lot of fun. So, and um, I downloaded a game of uh, Friday Thirteenth, the game. Um, <laughs> I'm having a I'm having a blast playing it. Um, it's it's basically it's it's a hide and seek game. Uh, you could either be Jason Voorhees or one of the camp counselors. And I downloaded it yesterday, and I played probably uh, like 20 games, and just the interaction with other people. Um, there's one Jason who's, you know, uh, just, they have different, like, uh, skins. You have, like, the right. Friday 13th Part 2 with the bag. Well, the one Jason that was chasing me was uh, from Part 5, Rory, you know, with the blue, you know, chevrons. And I was like, Roy, Roy, you know, you don't need to kill me. And the guy playing, or uh, who was playing uh, Roy, Jay-Z's going, who's Roy? <laughs> I was like, he's from part five. I don't know. I'm having a blast playing it, so. Yeah, it's a fun can game. You, do you, can you play, do you play as it, Corey Feldman? No, but you can play as Shelly. Uh, okay. You can play as uh, Fox from part three. Um, they, they put in uh, characters uh, from... Each of the different movies, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, you can yeah. play Shelly. I I haven't played it in a while, but I have it, and uh, I I played it there for a while. And then there's another game that's very similar to it. In fact, it's basically just like it, except that the the there are tasks that the counselors have to do to evade or to escape Jason. Like they've right. got to either fix a car or fix the phone. I think. Solve get out of cubes. Get yeah, or something like that. And then they can, yeah, they can fix a phone and then call the police, and then the police will be there in like five minutes or something like that. Um, yeah, I, I I tried to fill up a gas tank and I kept on messing up. And I guess if you mess up, it attracts Jason. So that's how I died. <laughs> that's funny. But, uh, oh, but there's another game called uh, Dead. I think it's called. Oh, now Dead I can't. Light? Dead by Dawn. Dead by Dawn or Dead no, by Dead, Dawn. Dead Light. Dead, were you, Deadlight. Dead by Dawn. That's you, you can exact, play uh, it's very much Leatherface lo- and uh, Freddy Krueger and that one. Yeah, that's Dead by Daylight. Michael, you can yeah, you can play yeah. That one has different a lot Ghost more face. skins. It's got yeah. Michael Myers. It's got all of the the other killers. 
but it's it's basically the same setup and and mechanics for the most part. Well, well, just so you know, um, the people that made the Friday Thirteenth game is making a Halloween game, Matt. It's in Ooh. production right now, so nice. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool because yeah. the 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 dead Dead by Dawn. Uh, Haddonfield with and you could play as Laurie and oh. and you or you could play as Michael. That that's really cool and it it it's not like a great reconstruction of Haddonfield, but it kind of looks like Haddonfield nineteen seventy eight. So it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Uh, no, that's it. Actually, I want to change my answer. I totally forgot. I saw the new Ghostbusters movie. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep. What did yeah. you think? Uh, I liked it. It was fun. It didn't exceed my expectations but i i don't know i had so many people like mark tell me it was just kind of meh that i went in with real low expectations but i thought it was fun i thought it could use a little bit more comedy towards the beginning they really hit it hard towards the end um especially with the sight gag stuff but uh it was fun i thought the characters were okay i you know again still big fan of stephen paul rudd or Paul Stephen Rudd, whatever his name is, Mister Rudd. Um, I I thought uh, I thought the mom was hot. Um, it was a good film. It was okay. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, so I'll have to check it out at some point. Um, well, what did I watch? I I didn't really watch many non-theme movies, but. I did well this is not horror but I did watch Get Back and I think we all watched that right or Joe did right the Beatles documentary Get Back I yeah. I haven't finished it but I've I'm most of the way through Are you I, warming I up to that. it? Yeah Joe? it just took me a while to get I you know there's I, for the most part I'm playing it in the background It's not yeah. capturing my full attention but Yeah I, yeah I really yeah. enjoyed it I'm I I I loved it. I loved it. Um just uh just watching Paul McCartney just uh play with the piano and yeah. and just start it, you you see him creating a song that is like beloved throughout the whole entire world. I I I get goosebumps and uh yeah. It's it's just it's really magical and I'm get, I'm gaining so much appreciation for Ringo. Uh oh, what yeah. a gentle soul. That guy yeah, he's, has. He's great. That poor guy. <laughs> Just dealing with the rest of the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, he's he was great. And then uh, I thought it was, you know, really, I thought there were just some really interesting things about it. And all these years, everybody bagging on Yoko as being the reason they broke up. She had nothing to do with it. And, had nothing and, to do and with it. Linda McCartney was sitting there in the rehearse in the in the rehearsals or, or you know, sessions just as much as she was. And then George Harrison always had a couple of Hare Krishnas sitting in the corner. So they all had somebody hanging around, but for some reason Yoko was the one who took the brunt of it, probably because she was you know, a strong personality, I guess. I don't know. But I I thought it was great. And watching them create these songs, that moment where Paul McCartney starts just out of nowhere, comes up with get back, like the chorus to get back. It's just, it's, it's, yeah, that gave me goosebumps. It was amazing. Um, But anyway, of course that's not horror, but I did watch another show. We're going to have to do an episode on horror TV and talk about shows. I mean, obviously we can't watch 
full series of shows, but talking about like our favorite horror TV from Buffy to, you know, and, and there's way more horror TV now than there ever was in the past. And, and a lot of it's really good now. And so I watched a series called Brand New Cherry Flavor that is on Netflix. And I had, I had heard about it, but I'd heard something mixed from someone, and I'd heard some really good things from somebody else. And then I listened to a podcast that I listened to called All the Colors of the Dark, and they were raving about it and had the people on to interview them. So I like stopped the interview because they started getting into stuff I didn't want to know. And and then Michelle and I watched it and we really enjoyed it. It was it's such an unusual story. It's almost it's really difficult to explain. But uh, this girl, uh, she's a filmmaker and she heads to Hollywood and there's obviously something that she's fleeing, you know, and she's heading to Hollywood to be to get into filmmaking and she's being followed by a guy on a on a motorcycle. And she, when she gets to Hollywood, she sort of befriends a producer who said who who saw her video. He said, "I don't I never watch submissions." You know, like she submitted her video, her her reel. He said, "I never look at these. I always have an assistant do it, but for some reason something told me to watch this and it was fantastic and I don't even know how you did it." And you and you never really get to see you don't you do eventually get to see what was on the video, but you don't at the beginning. You just know that something shocking is on there, and and so he he says, "I want to hire you." Well, it also turns out that he's trying to sexually harass her because she's she's beautiful or whatever, and so he starts using that as an opportunity to get with her. She rebuffs him, and then he decides to hire somebody else to direct her movie. Well a woman who kind of see, appears to be a bit of a witch approaches her and says, if you want to get back at him, come to me. And so she makes a deal with this witch. And at which point she starts, things start going her way. But when she needs the witch to do something for her, her payment is that she pukes up a kitten <laughs> and she pukes up a kitten and has to give the kitten to the witch and and uh, so I, that's about as much as I'll tell you because it, it's so bizarre. It's it's a it's a little David Lynch almost, uh, but also but it's a little more. It's not as as uh, dark as David Lynch, but it, but it's got this weirdness. It's almost like Twin Peaks vibe, but not doesn't quite go there. And it it's a little funny, but it's a it, it it's it's really good though. We really enjoyed it and basically binged it over I think over Thanksgiving week. So that I really enjoyed and I think it it's I think it's one especially if you have a taste for the unusual, it's definitely one they should check out called Brand New Cherry Flavor and it's on Netflix. So and I think there's only like eight episodes. It's very easy binge. And I think a lot of the episodes are only like 35 minutes. Some of them are an hour, some of them are shorter. So it's not, it's not, it's not at all hard to get through. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh. No. Okay. Oh. Cool. And let's see what else. Oh, I've continued watching Dexter, the new season of Dexter, the new blood. And that is a, Typical season of Dexter. Not great, 
but it's keeping our interest. It's got that usual, you know, how, like Dexter, uh, you know how in the in the show he'll get into something or start sneaking around and it starts making you tense. You know, it's hard to like watch almost the tension. It, it's got that back, you know, so I, I really it, it's good. It's not great, but it's good. Uh, and then yeah, I, I, I no. don't have showtime, so I can't I'm not able to watch it right now. But um, it I'm, I'm missing it because I, I'm trying to stay spoiler free. But it's, it's so it's it's not bad. It's it's keeping your interest. It's definitely keeping my interest. It's okay. not. I would you know comparing it to all the other seasons. It's not one of the best seasons, but it is better than like the the last few seasons of that show were just I didn't like. I, but, they were. But I this is were like bad. the last season, right? Like th- this is the final season. Not I don't. Go. I don't know. Like from what I've read, the showrunner wanted to come back one more time, but I don't know yeah. what that how it's going to end. What that means. Yeah. So they could I, if they end it you know, with him still alive and free, then they could always do another season. But if they don't, then, you know, it'll be whatever. But it's, it's definitely worth checking out. And if you were a fan of the original series, you'll appreciate the opportunity to watch a good final season. If that's going to be their final season. Yeah. He's such a good actor. Oh yeah. No, he's great. I, I still have the problem with that show in that. I, I think sometimes, the narr- the narration you know they have it's narrated by him and i sometimes it's just unnecessary and sometimes i want like he'll explain an emotion that's happening right at that moment that i'd rather just see than have oh, him oh yeah okay. you know yeah, and so i, I that saying. was one problem i had with that show is i thought the narration got a little overboard sometimes and a little too obvious at times and and it still has that same issue but but it's not you know it's not enough to turn me away and we are like you know we we wish we could just binge it because it is really good so really it's not too as long as you can stay away from hearing anything about it especially if something big happens at the end of this season then you you want to plug your ears in that because it would be a good one to just binge like if it was on Netflix all the episodes that they like they release it 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 would be a good one like that Matt, because are you are, are you are you trying to tell us that you're spoiled now and all you want to do is binge? You can't wait. No, but I'm saying this would be a good one if it was like that. Right, gotcha. Because it's each episode ends with a bit of a, not a cliffhanger, but it ends with a oh, I want to see what happens next. You know. Right, right. Uh, let's see. And again, I'm also continuing the show Yellow Jackets, which is that one I told you about with the the soccer girls soccer team that crashes someplace. It's still a big mystery. I have no idea what's going on, but there's obviously this place where they've crashed. Someone else is there. I think, you know, it's got that kind of like it's, if you've ever, if you ever saw the show alone, it's very similar to that in some ways, except that we know that the girls got, were rescued at some point because we also see them in present day. Uh, you know, and the actors are Christina Ricci and uh, Juliette Lewis and, you know, other adult actors. So we do, you already kind of know that they escaped or that they got rescued, but something happened when they were there and they don't want to talk about it. So it's still very much a mystery in that way as well. If it, if it is actual horror, I'm not sure 
because we haven't gotten to that point. Right now, it's more of a, a mystery than anything. But I, I think from what I've read, there is def- it dives deep into horror at some point. So I'm looking forward to it. It's a, it's a good one, too. So I think that's all I saw this week. And which I guess leads us into... Ooh, those bells. Those, those, uh... Wait, what's the name of this song, Joe? Carol of the Bells. Tubular Bells. Oh, no, oh wrong no. song. Sorry. Tubular Bells. <laughs> wrong song. Tubular Bells. Yes. I, I can't even do it. Um, no, yeah. no, I'm not even going to try. Did you guys ever hear the story about how they came upon this this song? How they came upon this Midnight Dreary? The, no. the the song Tubular Bells for the theme no. of The Exorcist. Yeah, William Friedkin, the director, he just oh, he yeah. came upon it in a like a box of music, basically, from what I've uh, heard. And he, he found this weird album and just started playing it. And it t- the song Tubular Bells is extremely long, like it's hours long. Uh, the the guy who wrote it is just is I, I don't know if he is like a savant or whatever, but he just continued writing and adding instrumentation to it and adding parts to it. But it's, it's an extremely long song. So the part that you hear as the theme of the exorcist is, is just a snippet of, of that. It's in fact, it's kind of the beginning of that song, but it, and so they, uh, William Friedkin found it and was like, this is the perfect theme song for our movie. And it inspired hollow, the Halloween theme. And yeah. William, countless others yeah William actually had a had an orchestra um, over a hundred people and they were started to uh, do the soundtrack for it and he had a total conniption fit fired everybody and then grabbed uh, the sheet music and walked outside of the studio and threw it across the street just going that's exactly where this fucking piece of garbage uh, this this director has got some stories oh yeah oh my gosh this guy's something he directed The French Connection, which has a really uh, a- amazing car chase scene in it. And it goes through the streets of New York, and they, cr- they actually crash into a couple cars in the car chase scene. All of that was just William Friedkin in the car with a camera and a stunt driver, and they were just driving as fast as they could through the streets of New York. It was, the streets weren't blocked off. There were, he's, he is insane. And so he used some of that craziness in the directing of The Exorcist as well. He, he oh, injured yeah. the, uh, the main lead actress. Yeah, Burston, yeah. With yeah, the, Ellen with, Burston. He, uh, with the wire. Yeah, well, when she was, they had a rope around her, mm-hmm. and, and they were pulling that one scene where she's supposed to go flying back from from Reagan, uh, they had practiced with it, and she she kept saying, "Do not pull me that hard. Don't pull me." And he told the guy, "Pull as hard as you can now." Oh, and and they pull, and she actually got injured. And there were and well, uh, a few people got injured and nine, on this set. From, nine people died his, during the filming of this movie. Nine people died. I mean, they weren't all like. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't like the the script monitor and the the grip and you know but it was um like i think it was one of the key grips uh had a baby during the shooting and the baby died 
and somebody else's brother died. One of the actors, uh, was it Jack McGowan? I think, um, he finished shooting and then later on died still before the movie was released. Yeah. There's a, there's a documentary about these legends that, that it's, I think it's on shutter maybe, uh, about the legends associated with the different film franchises uh, and and the the weird things that happened during the shoots for the pol- for Poltergeist series and Exorcist and, and others. It's kind of interesting. Most of it is debunking most of them, but but it's pretty interesting. Um, One other thing, speaking of William Friedkin, is he was sought out because of the fact that he's an atheist, and they wanted somebody uh, who could have a completely non biased opinion of you know good and evil. So oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just a fantastic film. I mean, it, it, it's, I can't believe that this was, what, what year did it come out? 1973. Three. I mean, there's stuff in here. I don't think they would put in a movie today. No. <laughs> you know, like the whole no let way. Jesus F you thing, you know, yeah. with the crucifix. Lick me, I mean, lick me. Yeah. Oh that, that whole thing. Like they, they wouldn't do that today. I, like it's, I, I don't know what audience must have been absolutely freaking out when they saw this back in 73. Yeah, they were they were uh, uh, for like the opening uh, screening. Uh, the, people were running out of the, you know, passing out, uh, throwing up, um, you know, praying, you know, kneeling and praying. Uh, it, it, it was an incredible reaction. I mean, you just don't I mean, can you imagine back in 1973 and watching that? not seeing any of the films that we've seen no right i mean holy crap no it's 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 like a it really is like an enormous leap forward it i I don't even know what to compare it to because i suppose it's similar for it did for horror what i think like 2001 a space odyssey did for like sci-fi movies you know it's just it was a leap forward that was like beyond anything else, you know, way, way bigger leap forward, even than psycho, you know, psycho Mm -hmm. was a bit of a leap forward, but this was so beyond anything that I'm sure any audience had seen before. And, and with it, then, you know, following this movie came movies like last house on the left. And, and I'm sure, you know, this made those kinds of movies, Texas chainsaw massacre. This made those kinds of movies even possible. Yeah, I uh oh go ahead, Joe. I, I was going to say I think the thing that's so appealing about this film and shocking is the unbelievable uh realness. You know, it, right. it's it's very conceptually this could happen or at least that's what, you know, you're led to believe in the film. This isn't like a, a space alien coming down or, you know, a, a, a Dracula or a monster or something like that. These are real people that live down the street in a nice neighborhood. You know, this is a movie actress who everybody knows and is in the public eye. And, you know, very well off. Uh, You know, bad things happen to good people, too. And, you know, here she is having a a party at her house with all of her friends. And her child pisses all over the floor. You know, she's got to explain that to those people. Just as if, you know, the people sitting in the audience in 1973 have probably had, you know, dinner parties and their friends over and their kids act up and they're like, wow, you know, they've acted up, but they've never like, you know, stained a carpet. 
You know, this is actual stuff that's believable and could, you know, feasibly happen. Right. Yeah. And it's it's and if nothing else, it's something that that was a huge fear back then. And it and it spawned a massive satanic panic in the United States. Like that if you grew up in the 70s, you know that there was this kind of thing was talked about all the time and and Satanism and, you know, and obviously a lot of it was blown out of proportion but but you know the idea of a possession and and that it and just even if it's possible or not possible the fear of the possibility of your own child becoming possessed yeah it is something that it w- would be shocking it's it this wasn't an adult this was a kid that was having these things happen yeah, to it could it. be and, your kid yeah right yeah that's that that's what i was i i hadn't seen this film since I mean, the last time I saw this film was before my daughter was born. So this is the first time I've seen this, The Exorcist now that I've had a daughter that's grown up. But um, just the heartstrings, I was going, oh, my God. I couldn't even imagine my daughter going through what Ellen Burstyn's daughter went through when this happened, when, when what Reagan went through. It's just absolutely excruciating to watch. Especially with um, just with the scenes uh, when she's in the hospital and they put the needle in and the blood splurts out all over her, you know, gown. And, you know, you have all these uh, techn- technological, you know, uh, hospital uh, equipment coming down and with the sound going. Yeah. It's, it's just it's it's that's horrifying to right. say the least. And uh, this movie is just fantastic. Joe, this was on your list. I think it's your number two or number one for your your All favorite time? horror. No, oh. your, your horror films. Was it one or two? All time favorites. I, I I don't think it was in my top ten. It's in the mine. Exorcist. Yeah. For for the horror. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. I'll have to go back and look, but no, like yeah, Jaw, Jaws is like my number one. Or no, I'm sorry, uh, The Shining is my number one. Halloween oh, is my number two. Two. It's it's oh. my number three. It's your number three. Oh, it was Matt. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's just, I, I just really, I, I've appreciated this this movie a lot more just with the acting and whatnot, especially like Jason Miller. So subtle. Oh, yeah. No, I think, I thought he was great. And I thought it was a very, it, it you know, it was almost like a De Niro kind of performance or a brand. I mean, it's, it's that kind of very naturalistic sort of a performance. And I, I thought he was fantastic in it. I, I, every time I see it, I always appreciate that. But then you've got Max von, Max von Sydow or Sydow. I, I'm not, I'm not sure how to pronounce that name. Sydow. But yeah. He, and he was only like in his thirties when he made this, I think, or maybe 40. And, and so, but he looks like he's in his eighties. Of course, yeah. I, I always thought of him, you know, and it's funny cause I, I never realized it was makeup for a long time. And then I saw him, you know, maybe 10 years ago in a movie or whatever. And I, and I thought, you know, he looked about the same age in 1973 for yeah. The Exorcist. And I realized, oh, they put a bunch of, he was young. He, they put a bunch of makeup on him because he, I guess just because he's a great actor. Well, I flipped out when I saw him in the sequel. And they show yeah. pictures of him and he looks like he's oh, 10 yeah. years younger. And I'm like, right. Right. Well, I, I thought he was older in the first one. And I thought maybe they did some sort of 
digital cleanup or something. Then I'm looking at the dates. I'm like, no, they couldn't do that back then. So, yeah, I had no idea he was young and in makeup the first few times I watched that movie. Yeah, no, it's 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 amazing. Oh, oh, here's a fun fact about Jason Miller. Do you know who his son is? Yeah, it's uh, Jason Patrick. From the Lost Boys, yeah. 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 (laughs) That was for you, Joe. That was for you, Joey. And what people really know him from is Speed 2. No, no, that's sacrilege. <laughs> I, I have my limits. I have my limits. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Went off rails there. Damn I, I will get back to Jason Miller. I, yeah. I can't think of another performance where you just feel it's so empathetic with what that guy is going through. It's just tearing your heart out and his relationship with his mother and his conflicts with God and how can they do this to one of his creatures? And it's just, the guy just emoted so well. Yeah. yeah he's great in it. He's, it, it he was uh, nominated for a uh, best supporting actor, uh, for that role. It, I, I wonder, I damn it. I should have looked who won, but I don't know who, who would have beaten him on that one. Damn it. Yeah. I don't know. But, he, yeah, he was fantastic. I think it was. No, it wasn't the same year as the uh, the uh, the Godfather. It was the year no, after that's the 72. Godfather. Yeah, but he was terrific in it, and so was Max von Sydow. I think the the mom, uh, Ellen Burson, is great too. I yeah. no, I, I I thought she, I thought she played you know a mom whose daughter is you know I mean in that situation I I, was, I thought it was very believable. Yeah. And, no. No. I, I, I agree with that. It, it I think it was her screams with when she really screamed and like she hit the wall, it I thought it was a little bit over the top. Like she's screaming you know, at her husband you know, over with the operator and it's I've been on the phone for twenty fucking minutes and it, I thought it was a little bit over the top, but no, she's great in it. I, I would be I, I yeah. thought that was completely believable. I, there's for a twenty scene. minutes? There's a scene where she goes and is yelling to Jason Miller about, you know, don't, you know, look at me and tell me that an exorcism wouldn't fix my daughter, mm. like demanding him to do it. And yeah, I, I yeah, love that, that scene. Good. She's that was, like that frightening was in that. Yeah, no, I, and I, I mean, I would think that someone who's going through this for months and months would have a short fuse for uh, over anything, every little thing. My coffee's not ready. You know, I, I would think that that would be completely believable. No, you um, guys are right. You guys are right. I'm being nitpicky. I'm sorry. No, you guys are absolutely right. She's great in it. And of course, Lee J. Cobb, uh, the uh, classic actor, the original Willie Loman from from Death of a Salesman. Lee J. Cobb played the police officer. Linda uh, Blair. And Linda, yeah, Linda Blair. And is, Linda Blair, is right? Kind of skipped fan. right over her, yeah. She's absolutely yeah. fantastic in this movie. How uh, how amazing. they how they picked her that the casting or whatnot? They they it was what over six hundred to a thousand kids. They picked her. What yeah, a she's pick! Great. She's phenomenal. Just looks that she gives and just the, the effort. I mean, and how old was she? When she did this film, do you guys know she was what? She had to have been like thirteen or fourteen. I believe she was. Yeah, she was around that age. I don't remember exactly how old she was when she made it, but unbelievable. But, but yeah, no, she was fantastic, and she was just, fourteen. 
14. 14. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I know that they 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 did shield her from some of it, but but I mean like where the bed is flopping her back and forth, she got injured in that scene. Mm-hmm. Severely, uh, yeah. Yeah. So Because the I'm, harness came loose. Yeah, and she was just like getting slapped back. Why they used a because uh, they they took a form of her back, and then so it would be molded perfectly to her, and then they cast it in metal. Why would you use metal for that? Yeah, crazy. but when the harness came loose, she's just slapping her back against the metal and screaming and crying because she's in such pain. And that's the clip that they—that's the footage it. that they used. It's yeah. hurting yep. me. It's hurting me. Yeah. They used it. Oh my gosh! Yeah, because William yeah. Friedkin's a dick. Because yeah, he's a no, dick. He, he he, is, no, like, he's an absolute dick. Yeah, yeah he really he's is. a madman. He yeah. slapped. He slapped a priest across yeah. the face to get into character. That's how much of a dick this guy is. He's going, you're not doing it right. He's going, I've, and the priest is going, he's never acted before in his life. He's going, I've done 16 takes. I don't know what you want me to do. And then, of course, William comes up. He's going, do you trust me? He's going, yeah. And just hauls off and slaps him across the face. So when he's, uh, so when uh, Father Dyer is uh, over... Uh, the priest uh, that just fell down the stairs, he's going, his hand's shaking because he just got slapped across the face. And this this director, I mean, he's great, but boy, is he fooling himself in um, in the documentaries I've watched. Oh, this yeah. guy is, he is so yeah. full of himself. He reads his own press, yeah. Oh, he's, got, he's wearing a black leather jacket. I mean, he, this guy is just, oh. He is his not biggest a fan. fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, he... He's the he's the yeah uh, you know, he's the the kind of director that you just uh, yeah okay the the end product is great but the means to get there there are other ways to do it you know yeah uh, one thing I wanted to point out before we go leaping to the next one the writer the uh, William Peter Blightley yeah um, I had no idea he was a comedy writer <laughs> what oh really his entire career was doing nothing but writing comedy. And then in the uh, late 60s, or the, I'm sorry, the early 70s, for comedy writers kind of dried up. So he decided he was going to try to make a go as a legitimate writer, and he wrote this as his <laughs> first serious piece. He wrote the novel. I yeah. did not know that. Yeah, the novel The novel took the country by storm, you know, and then when they decided to make a movie of it, everyone was like, how are they going to make a movie of that, you know? But it's it's crazy. And, of course, the scene that in this that really gets me and I and I would compare it to the scene. The, the there are certain scenes in movies that you that you see and you're and you're just in that scene and it gives you, you it like takes you there. and You're like, oh, now we're here, you know, and that is the scene in this the the power of the of Christ compels you that whole scene with the levitation and everything is just a masterful perfect perfect scene and and in a way it almost makes the entire movie like without that scene a lot of this movie falls apart but with that scene it leads to a place that really i think the audience is right there with them in that moment and it's such the way it's set up the shot that was set up the it's just fantastic. It's masterful. And it, and I would compare it to like the scene in uh, Raiders of the Last Ark where they open the Ark of the Covenant or Jaws when he goes down into the cage or uh, even 
Well, I always think of Amadeus, that last scene between Salieri and and the last few scenes between Salieri and um, and Mozart, where they're writing the end or they're continuing to write the the Requiem. Like those scenes, I just feel like there's such a culmination of stuff, and then it brings you there, and you're like, okay, here we go, you know. And I, I it's terrific, just terrific. I'd like to know what exactly happened in the bedroom that made the priest die. But it, it, it was, I mean, I don't really want to know because I like that the movie doesn't tell us you did, but because when you come into it, it's just a sick feeling like that Mm -hmm. priest is just lying there. And then she's in the corner kind of smiling like she did something naughty. The most and, evil, evil yeah. like smile and giggle. And there's oh. no injury that you can see. It's almost as if she just, whisp- she just said something to him something. that killed him. And, yeah. and his heart would cause his heart to fail. So I, I, it's just an absolutely terrific film. And then it gets followed up <laughs> by... <laughs> Joe's face. Wait, hang on. Joe's I do want to. I do want to point out. Oh, okay, go ahead. I I want to. Uh, my one little disappointment in that last scene is with Jason Miller when the devil or demon or whatever is trying to take him over, oh. and his face changes, and then all of a sudden when he screams like to get out, um, right before he goes jumping through the window and down the staircase, it's just like a real quick cut. Back to his normal face, and like no dissolve, no effects, no nothing. That's that's the only like I see that so quickly, and that's it takes me out of it right before that amazing leap out the window. Yeah. So that's just my only nitpick mm. about that. Like, yeah, that I, I just shot. assumed it was him taking back control of his body long enough to jump out the window. No, yeah. But it it was, but it's that there was no transition. It was just like one frame. Wow. He was evil, and the very next frame, he was yeah, back to yeah. It's, I I I know you I know, know what Joe's saying. I'm conditioned to expect some sort of mm. transition. You know? Yeah, it, it 1973 film can't have it all, I guess. But yeah. but what what a fantastic uh, leap out of a window. I mean, that whole yeah. uh, just so emotional. Just great. I this movie this this movie is uh, definitely. Uh, Gone up in my uh, most favorite horror movies. Uh, I don't know, top ten, maybe top ten. Because after watching this this film recently, I am just I'm I'm in love with this film. Really, really, truly. Okay, we can uh, we can talk about James Earl Jones. <laughs> All right, now we move on to a movie that probably should never have been made, but <laughs> but I in the. The only thing I learned from this movie is that it's a terrible movie. <laughs> Were you expecting to learn something from it? No, I expect to learn something from oh. all movies, but all I learned is this is a terrible movie and should have I never been I had a lot of fun watching it. <laughs> I did too. Uh, I, I think that it's, it's insane, and I have no idea what the whole... I, I don't... The, the whole concept of them having this... These... Uh, things that they put on their heads to experience each other's thoughts, I guess, but they kind of go someplace else too. And it, it doesn't make any sense. It's not really, it's like a setup, pre- but it's like a precursor to the lawnmower man. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It oh, is. Oh, yeah. Deep, yeah. deep dive there, Joey. Oh, with Pierce Bronson and Jeff Feely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you mean Fahey? Fahey, Fahey. And, and Pierce Brosnan? <laughs> and Feech? Son of a bitch. 
Feet? I, I could have feet. Feet. just shut up there. I, I would have been. You mean Mylon Bramdom? <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, you could have stopped at Pierce Brosnan. Oh, we got well, to review didn't even the Lawnmower right. Man. That that, yeah. that movie's great. Um, hey, English is tough. <laughs> Matt, 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 the Lawnmower Man. Like you're talking about maybe us reviewing like some like really bad movies. The Lawnmower Man should be in one. Yeah, of that would be a that would in be there. a great yeah. one. Lawnmower Man two. Yeah. Oh, is they have a part worse. two? Uh huh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's that's delightful. So, so Richard Burton's terrible. <laughs> you know what, Richard Burton? <laughs> he's so out of place in this. It doesn't he's make so any drunk. sense. And then, and then he keeps going to that priest that's just standing in front of a giant mural every time yeah. he goes to see him. It's like that's where yeah. he lives is standing in front of that giant mural. It's like, well, all right, we need to build a scene yeah. here. Uh, hey, pre- you, okay, okay, stand over here. Yeah, right there. Perfect. Right. Let's go. Roll yeah. it. Okay. It's yeah. like that's where he lives. He's Jabba the Hut of whatever church that is right <laughs> he's just always there yeah it's 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 not but you know linda blair grew up to be a very beautiful woman in this as we learned she, i thought she was very attractive but unfortunately and a great dancer and she's such a good actor I, even in this you know there's not much to work with here but i thought she did I mean, to try and sell some of the lines she has to say in this you got to be pretty good at it but but uh, one of the things I wanted to say about the original movie is that it really killed her career. It made her career and killed it at the same time because nobody yeah. could see her as anything other than than Reagan. You know, it, I, I know she's had bit roles and she always she gets brought into movies a lot like Scream. She was in Scream as a reporter and, and repossessed like that. with uh, Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, it just it really it, she got. Not, I wouldn't say even typecast. She just couldn't really do much any, of anything after this again. Yeah. But. See, I, I didn't. Is it, a lot of people make fun of the the beginning scene where she's uh, she's sitting down uh, across from Nurse Ratchet. Uh, what's her name? Um, Louise Fletcher. Yeah. Louise Fletcher, who just won an Academy Award from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and then right. And then she uh, she's in this film. I didn't mind. I I liked the strobes actually. I liked the sounds where it would get even. And I was I don't know. Maybe yeah, I thought I that was get... kind of cool. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a you have to forget that you know you, you kind of just have to go with it and not yeah. think too much about it. But but yeah, no, I didn't mind. Well, I, that I didn't part think of it. anything about it. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Well, I remember Matt uh, texting in, in the Cinescare, uh group text. He's going, uh, yeah, uh, they're filling her up. <laughs> With the, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, well, she goes over and has her hand on Ellen or on uh, Louise Fletcher's chest. And, and it's the weirdest, it's the weird, weirdest placement of her hands in that scene. I'm like, yeah. she's basically got her hands just over her boob and, and not, what are you doing? Like, it's, she wasn't holding her. She wasn't. It was like she was holding, like feeling for her heart was, or something, or feeling yeah. her up. It was so bizarre. I and then Demon Reagan, you know, like the faded out Demon Reagan was doing the same thing. So she had oh, both yeah. breasts being. <laughs> yeah, <broke>. yeah. <laughs> it was like, really what? odd. <laughs> it was odd. This oh, was you an know hour and One... fifty-seven minute train wreck. It was. It yeah. is. It was a it way is. too long. Yeah. Too, way too long. Now, are the rumors true that the executives were chased out of the movie theater? Yes. It is true. Yes. 
Holy crap. There was a screening of the film. I want to say it was in Chicago. And of course it was. The, uh, so there were some executives that were going to go in for the screening. And when the executives pulled up, they told all their drivers, hey, we're going to be here a while. Go get yourself some fast food. They went into the theater and somebody figured out that there were some executives from the studio in the theater and halfway through the film got up and started yelling, hey, the idiots that are responsible for this are actually in the theater. And they were yelling and screaming at him and went to chase him out. These executives got up and ran out of the theater and then realized they have no ride home because their drivers were all at a McDonald's somewhere. <laughs> so they just had to keep yeah, running down true. the street. Yeah. Get on. Yeah. Man, you gotta love the seventies. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh my god. But That's I had a lot true. of fun watching it. It was way too long. I mean, I had fun for the first maybe two thirds of the movie, but then it just it kind of started to drag, and I was like, yeah. oh boy, if this was a half hour shorter, it would be. <laughs> it wouldn't be a great movie. But don't get me wrong. But it would be a, a lot more fun. And and in retrospect, I know there. And be, believe it or not, there's actually a quite a cult following for this film as well. There's a lot of people who really do like it, but probably for the quite... dance scene. Yeah. The maybe. Dance. Yeah. The and, dance it, and the saxophone. Oh yeah. 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 But this was yeah. directed by John Borman for crying out loud, who yeah. directed deliverance and right after and Excalibur. Uh, yes. Excalibur. <laughs> I love why, Excalibur. That would explain why Ned Beatty's in this film. Yep. It's got a great yeah, cast. Barely. Barely. Yeah, he's, did it, yeah I know. He's barely. You, you yeah. hardly even see his face right. in it. He was like, "Yeah, yeah, come, you know, you, you just got uh, you just got raped by some uh, um, <laughs> some, I, some hillbillies coming in this movie." Th- this is they're all like blended together in my head. Is, is this the one with the terrible locust close-ups? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's oh. Well, well, how about James L. Jones' uh, locust uh, head hat? Yeah, yeah. His his party hat. And then magically oh he's a doctor. God. I was so lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. That was some horrible editing yeah. right there. I didn't even know what was going on with that. Yeah, and it's like it the whole in. thing was just a two-hour-long fever dream. It was a fever yeah. dream. It it was. But it's you know there, I. I did appreciate certain parts of it. I think as a whole, it doesn't work, but there were scenes that I really liked. And what the the, the man falling down like for oh, about God. three minutes? Yeah, that fall, <laughs> that falling was, was the slowest fall I've ever seen in my life. Okay, like name another was... scene that you actually like in this film. <laughs> yeah. It was it, it was like the fall from Hot Rod. Yes. Yeah. It was like that. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh man. I, I don't think there's anything more to say about this no. movie. In fact, it's even hard to even latch on to anything because it's so di- it's so muddled and, and disjointed. But The plot, the plot is... Incredible. Yeah. And I don't... So that brings us to part three. Is part three a sequel to part two? Because I didn't see any moment that led me to believe that ne- part two was necessary for part three. Or do you think part three is just a... Se- I mean, they did call it three, but is it... Is it really acknowledging anything having to do with part two? They wanted to call it Legion at first. And well, that's because they, that was the book. Yeah. Was, so, was well, they called but, Halloween 3 Halloween 3. 
And that really didn't have anything <laughs> well, to that's do with true. the first two. Yeah, that's true. So, I think at that, back in those days, they just called it three. If yeah, because it it's our movie. third movie. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think that's true. But I, I don't think it, it necessarily. It they, know, they don't reference anything. No. And the two main characters at the beginning, anyway, are the priest and the cop from the original. Not the same actors, but. Uh, it's almost the like they. It's almost like they just completely ignored the fact that number two existed. I yeah. think. So. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I would. It's yeah. I mean, and, I wish or we at did. least yeah. there was no reason not to ignore it because uh, you know. But what do they do? They say anything about Reagan at all in part three? I no. don't remember them mentioning no. it at all. No, they don't Other bring up Reagan at all. Talking about the story, I mean, they they bring up the original, but they don't really talk about her where she is right at that moment. Yeah, it, it, there's a thing that uh, I really wish because um, they took out a missing scene from uh, the original Exorcist, and that was at the very end with uh, Father Dyer and the cop, and um, basically. Uh, the cop is uh, standing outside of uh, Reagan's home and it's father Dyer is walking away from the stairs and he turns around the corner and he meets the cop and they start talking about movies. Yeah. And, and that was then, in the version I saw. I watched the director's oh, cut. Oh, the director's cut. Okay. With, and that, because that one had the, and I'd never seen it, but that one had the, the spider walk. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I didn't watch that. Uh, oh, that. you you should. No, I mean, no, I did. Have... I, I watched. I watched it in the movie theater. That was oh, the last okay. time when I saw out. the Exorcist. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But I just watched, you know, the original. I, I tried went, you know. Whatever. Yeah, I watched the the. I I don't know how much of a difference there is, but yeah, they had that last scene where they talk about going to see a movie. But and... it would have been it would have been nice because I had no idea in the Exorcist three that these two were from the original movie. I didn't yeah. get the father Dyer. Um, that was in it in, in the cop. I, I didn't no realize idea. it until this time when mm-hmm. I watched it. And probably that was because I watched the director's cut of the original. And I saw that scene where they go to a movie and then they talk about going to movies at the beginning of part three. So yeah. then I was like, wait a minute, are these the same two? And I looked it up and sure enough. Yeah. I was just with George C. Scott playing the cop instead of Lee, Lee Cobb, because I think Lee J. Cobb was dead by then. But, and then the, the original priest w- was played by, a co- uh, um, uh, uh, one of the doctors priest. from no the well the original priest was but the the original priest in part but in part three he was played by the the one of the doctors from the TV show Saint Elsewhere actually oh. but anyway uh, so part three was I didn't love it as much as I did the first the first couple times I saw it Me in too. the theaters when it came out and I've seen it maybe once since then. And I always loved it, you know, and I think I've seen it parts of it here and there and I've always liked it or, or, you know, it's one of those movies that when you're flipping around the channels, it'll be on, you'll just watch it for a while. And so I always had a better opinion of it than I, than I felt from it this time, because I just felt like it was a little too talky and a little too long. And again, this is another one that I think they could have cut about 20 minutes out of it. There are moments that I really liked that they took their time, like that whole sequence of events that happen around the time where the the big jump scare happens, which I won't talk about too much in case anybody hasn't seen it. But but there is a great jump scare in this film that happens at a certain point. And they really set it up with a 
I don't even know how long that scene is, but it felt like about five minutes long of just the camera pointing down a hall while the, a nurse and a cop are basically doing their business, uh, you know, walking around and checking rooms and everything. And then all of a sudden a jump scare comes in. And, and, and when I saw that in the theater, it was, I mean, the whole crowd yeah. was, was, it w- was really affected by it. It was, it was great. I you but, know I'm of the opinion that you could spoil it. For God's sakes, this movie yeah, is 31 years. years old. All right, <laughs> you haven't seen it yet. Well, when, you know, basically, I just said it that that scene with the, <laughs> in the hospital with the nurse. You tell him out, that. You know, yeah. the 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 nurse gets you know attacked by something that looks like I guess a, a man in a in a nun outfit or yeah. something, uh, yeah. and that was. I mean, that was really the the scene that made this yeah. movie. Yeah, it it scared the shit out of me. I, I I saw it in the movie theater. I was on a date, and I the re, I always remember this. No, maybe I should just shut up. This is gonna be a joke <laughs> on me. No, no, I'm gonna do it anyways. So like, I'm watching the film, and it's I'm like, ready. before like the scene happens, before the scene happens, I'm on a date. She's looking at me, and she, and I'll never forget this. What she said to me, she's going. Your eyes look really, really pretty from the film, it's like from the screen. It's sparkling. And I just looked. I'm like, oh, thanks. And I just start watching the movie again because it's a horror movie. I'm enjoying it. And I don't know if I should have made out with her at the time. I don't know if it was my missed opportunity. But anyways, uh, that was – see, I should have never even said anything. Um Anyways, so... Like, Tell us yeah, more about random conversations you had watching movies. I want to know about know, all God. your dates. Juicy, <laughs> this is what... Oh, God, Mark. You should have just shut up. But anyways, yeah, it was a really scary scene. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, tell us about a date you had. I did. Uh, did back in the tell us about it, back in the uh, Friday, Friday the 13th. Part eight. Yeah, because <laughs> that's why you know Amy Fennell, St. Peter Academy. Yes. You know. See, see, I was reminiscing. You didn't make fun of Joe. Mark, I didn't say a thing. I know it's Matt this time. I don't know. Joe's prob- story probably went someplace that that you know. It did it. It did it. That's Mark, the thing. Mark's is all just about his own eyes. Yeah, I have pretty eyes. Yeah. Well, the audience can't see them, Mark. Yeah, they're really pretty in a dark movie theater. But we're spellbound. <laughs> okay, so anyways, let's talk about Brad Dorif. Oh, he's fantastic. I love Brad Dorif. I think he's fantastic all he's the great. time. Sam, I, I, gonna say, movie. I, I really enjoyed this film up until his first scene. <gasps> and then it's just monologue after monologue. And, I mean, I until well, yeah. then... Oh. Until then, it was just a really kind of cool, like, whodunit serial killer on the loose thing with George C. Scott. And I was I was thoroughly enjoying it. And then, you know, I, I've seen this before, but I, when I rewatched it, I was just like, oh, come on. No, this is a, this is a common criticism with this film. And I think it's I think uh, some people feel like they they had a mystery going on. And then at a certain point, they just. The discarded the mystery yeah. and, and it turned into something completely different. Yeah. yeah, and I know that there was a big and I I didn't really look it up, but I know if I did hear something about a big problem with the studio with this movie and them not liking um, that it didn't have a a huge big dramatic ending. Uh, but this this was directed by the writer of the, the writer. Um, by the author. Yeah, they spent four William million dollars. Peter Blatty. 
four million dollars to reshoot uh uh the ending. Four million. Yeah. It even brought in uh 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 the priest that died. Um Yeah the, uh, at the end. They they yeah, brought Miller, him in. Jason Miller. Yeah, Miller. Jason. Although that being said, William Peter Blatty uh, yeah, he wrote the original novel. He also wrote the screenplay and gave it yeah. to William Friedkin, and William Friedkin yep. threw it in the garbage. He said it was absolutely terrible. And then <laughs> him and the author sat down with the novel, and they just started highlighting scenes like, nope, we're going to use this, we're going to use this. So he's, yeah. Yeah, according to William Friedkin, he's not the best screenwriter. Yeah, maybe not. You should, well, you should I go mean, back this, to comedy. This, this movie definitely... This movie definitely was a bit talky. It's a little like a play in some ways, but um, yeah, I didn't I, enjoy this movie as much as I did before. Just yeah, as you, Matt. Yeah, I didn't either. Just didn't it didn't stick with me this time? Uh, I didn't really watch the the prequels at all. Did you guys? Oh yeah, I did. Well, I watched the uh, one of the two. I, I couldn't. Yeah, because there were two. There, there was the beginning, and then there was Dominion, and they're basically the same movie, but with different directors handling them, right? Yeah, one of you two needs to tell our listeners that story. I'm still okay, fuzzy. Okay, I on got it. it. I got it. I got it. Uh, I got this. All right. Uh, so I wrote this down because I, my thoughts, my brain can't um, keep a thought in five seconds. That's okay. Yeah, just do it. All right. So. Uh, so Morgan Creek uh, Productions, who owned the rights to The Exorcist, commissioned a bunch of writers to write a screenplay about uh, Father Moran, who did an exorcism that uh, almost killed him. Um, that was like uh, basically like four lines in the original script. Uh, so they picked out uh, one of the screenplays and then hired John Frankenheimer, who directed classics like The Manchurian Candidate. Uh, back in the 60s uh, with Frank Sinatra and Janet Leigh. Uh, he also directed Black Sunday, uh, Ronin with Robert De Niro. So Frankenheimer uh, started uh, casting. He gets sick and leaves the film entirely and eventually dies. Uh, so then Morgan Creek Production hires Paul Schrader, who wrote Taxi Driver, Bringing Out the Dead, uh, the Mosquito Coast, and uh, directed the cult classic, the 1982 cult classic, uh, Cat People. Uh, so uh, Paul Schrader makes the movie that costs about uh, $35 million, and Morgan Creek reviews the movie and thinks it's not as scary enough. So they fire the editor and try editing it again, and they watch the movie again and are completely dissatisfied with the film. So they fire Paul Schrader and show the film to a bunch of directors. And lo and behold, they hire Rennie Harlan, and uh, he's the director of such classics as Die Hard 2, uh, the director of Cutthroat Island that I've never seen, uh, Deep Blue Sea, and Cliffhanger, you know, really great guy there, uh, director. Uh, so Rennie Harlan agrees to do some reshoots. The problem was is that some of the actors uh, couldn't return for the reshoots, so they uh, recasted and uh, some of the actors and basically started redoing the movie entirely. Uh, so Stellan Skarsgård uh, was pretty pissed about that, but he worked with uh, Rennie Harlan already with uh, Deep Blue Sea. Um, after shooting Harlan's movie, it cost an additional $45 uh, million, combining with Dominion's cost. So the whole entire cost was $80 million. 
Uh, Rennie Harlan's film domestically made $41 million, but worldwide he, uh, they made $78 million, around $2 million short to breaking even. So Morgan Creek was like, shit, uh, so at least uh, we're close to breaking even. So Morgan Creek gets back to uh, Paul Schrader and says, uh, you know, here's $35,000. Uh, do what you can with it. And they were going to release it uh, direct-to-video, but um, they released it in 300 uh, uh, theaters. And uh, guess what day they, uh, they released it on? They released it on May 20th, 2005. May 20th. May, 20th, May, 20th, May 20th, 2005. Joe. Well, wait, wait, wait. So Don't they you say your name is your buzzer? Matt, Matt. Wait, wait, wait. May okay. 20th. May 20th. May 20th, 2005. What day before it was uh, released? May 19th. Uh, in, uh, 19th. <laughs> right. What movie? Mm, the Turquoise. The the John Chandler story. No. Breaking the Electric was, Boogaloo. No. In 2005, May 19th, Revenge of the Sith was released. So uh, nobody so saw this. released the same. The same weekend. <laughs> so mm. this movie made two hundred. I would never have guessed that, Joe. By the way, never. No. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars. This movie was made, and that is how these two prequels were basically made. So thank you for that. Thank you for that Exorcist three length monologue. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you so basically, I worked hard on this. So basically, <laughs> they they made a prequel to The Exorcist, and then they didn't like it, so they made so another one. They made one. another one. Yep. And then both got released. Yep. <laughs> so Mark, actually, no. Mark's joke. got a novel in front of him. They made they made one. They didn't like it, so they made another one. Didn't like that one. That so one they got the original, original. Guy to come back and make another one. Yeah. 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 I, so. Well. But good job, Mark. But good job. Very well researched. But look, it's fascinating. I never that, would have guessed the yeah, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, but there's <laughs> May twentieth. I don't. I, can you guys recall any movie that has the same basically script, two different dire, uh, directors, but the same, same actor actors. in it? Yeah. No. I mean, you can't. You, no. You can't no. do it. You can't do it. Yeah. Even Dracula, they got a different cast for the Spanish version. And I think they just proved why you can't do it because they're both terrible. Yeah. yeah, they're both horrible. A bad movie is just going to be a bad movie. Yeah. Uh, did it, did either of you? Uh, I don't think we need to spend much time on those because I I did I no. didn't watch the prequels this time, but I have watched at least one of them. I think it was I think I watched Dominion, and it was just okay. I didn't love it, and it was it was overly long again. Um, but just for the folks that haven't watched it basically what we found out is there was a location where uh satan had fallen from heaven it's father Marin when he was younger right right so father Marin when he was younger gets sent by the vatican to go explore this uh archaeological dig which we find out later is where uh lucifer fell from the heavens and landed onto earth and the Catholic, well, actually some precursor to Catholicism, they built a church onto the spot where Satan fell just to, I don't know, cleanse it of its unholiness or whatever. And so they've unearthed this 
church that has no earthly being or no earthly reason being on the planet. And there's no record of it. Nobody's ever heard of it or seen it, not even the Catholic Church. So that that little uh, headpiece that you see in the beginning of the original Exorcist from 1973, you see where they got that. That was part of that archaeological dig. Other than that, the rest of the movie is not worth mentioning. Yeah, no, it's really not. Uh, did either of you get a chance to watch any of the TV series? No, I did no. not. The Exorcist? Okay, I've watched season one. And it's it's definitely it was a it was a, a a Fox show, and it it comes off as a network show. But season one was pretty good. It had Gina Davis in it. It has I actually I, I don't know anybody else in it, but they but pretty good cast. But Gina Davis plays this woman, and I don't remember the name of the character. But as the series goes on, you find out that Gina Davis is actually Reagan from the original movie and, and her daughter has become possessed. So at the beginning, Gina Davis's daughter has become possessed. They get these priests to come in and try to do an exorcism and figure out what's going on. And then they realize, Oh, she's Reagan. And this demon is still trying to get to her or the devil or whoever it is, is still trying to get to her. And so it was, it was a pretty good series I, I, I'm, that's a bit of a spoiler because that was a bit of a, 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 but I had a feeling that's who she was the whole time I predicted it. And so it, it, it's, and, and that information comes out early on in the series. So once you get past that, then it's about them trying to, to exercise this demon. Was it, what's that? I'm sorry. Wasn't Gina Davis, uh, married to Rennie Harlan? I the don't director. Know. You're right. This is a huge cast. It's got John Cho in it, of Harold and Kumar go to White Castle fame. <laughs> Some really, I, yeah. I I don't know who he was in that. He bit. was Andrew but, Kim. Uh, I mean, it's not a it's not a a a a celebrity cast except for Gina Davis. But but you know the actors are fine. They, there's nothing terrific about it it's it would be i think if they had made it a cable show or like a an hbo show or something like that it would have been pretty good but but because it was fox it's just a when it's a network show it's just a different beast altogether and and the only network horror show that i really thought worked well was uh aside from i of course i love buffy but but aside from her, that show uh Hannibal, I thought worked really well, but most don't, especially Fox shows for some reason don't work well. And great. oh, Hannibal is fan fantastic. Whoa, I love that. Show. I hope they find some way to bring that show back they, because they got to put it on Netflix. Netflix has got all the money in the world. Just grab that show and just. I know they keep it, talking please. about it, and I would love to see I it because that do. was a really good show. Oh, uh, but it's it's worth checking out, I guess, the first season. I, I did like it. I didn't love it, but it's worth checking out, especially if you're really into the whole Exorcist thing. Uh, and season two, I didn't continue. We started watching the first couple episodes, and I just lost interest in it. So I don't know if there was a third season or not, but did... I guess you know we're kind of running out of time, but did either of you watch any exorcist movie, exorcism related movies of note, or have any that you like? You mean like the Exorcist Shark? Yeah, 
Did you watch it, Joe? Did you no, watch I didn't it, Joe? Watch that. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I actually, I totally forgot. I'm very disappointed, I Joe. I thought that would be something you'd watch. I I, I watched it uh, during uh, the uh, when uh, we were doing the Jaws episode. Um, oh, you did? Yeah, I did. <laughs> How bad is it? It's it, it's it's is worth it, watching. Is it worth the exercise? <laughs> Uh no, it's better. Wow, is it is it as bad? Oh, it's better than The Exorcist Two. Well, n- uh, no, no, because some of the shots in The Exorcist Two is not that bad. It's what, not that bad. Was it better than Santa Jaws? Yeah, he didn't watch much of it. I only yeah. watched like the first fifteen minutes of Santa oh, okay. Jaws. Uh, I, I, well, it couldn't be any worse than that. It's something. It's something, but. Mm. <laughs> All right, well, I I did have an exorcism story, but I it's really not worth getting into and it's it's uh, it was the original story that that uh the exorcist was based on. But in I'll just summarize a little bit. It was uh, actually there was a guy back in 1960, a kid, uh, but it, it, the story that the the exorcist was based on was the story of a boy and he was 14 years old, I believe, 15, something like that. And he was possessed. And they had an ex- From a Lutheran family. Was it a Lutheran family? Family? Mm-hmm. They were Lutherans, yeah. yeah. But I think they had Catholic priests there to do the... Ex- I don't know, but... Yeah, there was a, they were a Lutheran family, and the Lutheran priests tried doing something, because there were poltergeists yeah. around him as well. And then that's when the Lutheran priest basically said, "Look, we don't we don't really have any expertise in this. You want to get this taken care of? You got to go to the Catholics." Yeah. And so they referred them to a Catholic priest. And eventually, I mean, it took a long time. I think they they were in Washington at one point, and he was in a hospital at like Georgetown, and then they were in St. Louis, and it it, it took quite a while for it, it to to be handled. But apparently, he. You know, I, I think most people assume now that that these things are really just mental mental health disorders. But in this case, the exorcism seemed to have worked because he went on to live, from what I read, a productive life and had a family. Uh, but he does he did remain keep his his anonymity, though he didn't want, especially when the movie came out and everything, he didn't want to be associated with it. So he was lived a fairly private life, but a productive life, and apparently had no real problems again after that. So happy ending. Happy ending, eh? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we don't know. I, oh, we do know what we're going to do next time. We are going to do our each of our top ten hey. horror movies. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, 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 no, no. What's I thought wrong? that's. No, Joe, the next one was Joe's, my pick, Joe's, and then the yeah, one after Joe's that. Right, but I thought next. the uh, one yes. after that would yeah. be our twenty. Okay, because the next one. So you want to do the next one's Joe's choice? No, I know that. I I I know, but I I thought we were were going to do the favorites of the year this time, and then Joe's choice after that. But um, but that's fine. You want to do the the year roundup in January? Yeah, because there's still three weeks of December. I might have some new favorites. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So what is um, it, Joe? So what is it going to be then, Joe? I'm all locked and loaded. Joey, I got come a Christmas on. gift for you come guys. On, Joey. And the best part is there's only two movies, and they're both on HBO Max. Let us know. What is it? We're going to watch 
Gremlins. Yes! Ah, all right. Yes! All right. Gremlins and Gremlins 2. And Gremlins 2. Gremlins 2 is yes. so good. Yes. So, Merry Christmas. Merry, thank you, Joe. <laughs> I'm actually really pumped for this. I haven't seen Gremlins 2 in ages, it's and I'm so looking very good. forward to it. so good. I haven't it. watched yeah. it in ages, too. But we got Corey Feldman yeah, I, coming into conversation. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's right. God damn it. <laughs> Joe, God damn Despite it, Despite that, I still wanted to watch Gremlins. Merry yeah. Christmas, Mark. Oh, all right, fine. I don't think I've seen that movie since it came out, I think. What? Which one? <laughs> Either. Plus, um, you two, assuming I get it in the mail in time, will be receiving a package that you are not allowed to open until we record next. Mm. You stole Fancy schmancy. What's that all about? Yeah. Well, it's a secret. Well, does that mean... Our that listeners will just have to tune in next time. We're exchanging so. Christmas gifts? Uh, it's not really intended that way, but if you want to call it a Christmas gift, then fine. Uh, yeah, damn it. And it's nothing big. It's more funny than uh, okay, anything. Okay, good. So. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, then next time we'll be gremlins for <gasps> yes, Christmas. Joe. A little Christmas horror. <laughs> I'm so and, excited. Uh, and, of course, that'll free us up to watch... To, that would actually free us up since there's only two Yellow movies. Yellow Jacket. It'll free us up to watch uh, Yellow Jackets for one thing, but also mm-hmm. any other horror movies that we need to catch up on. I know I haven't seen, I haven't seen Candyman yet, and I'm, I'm sure there's a. I know there's a few that I there's one called Gaia that I haven't seen yet. And there's a few that I haven't seen this year that I I know were on other people's top ten lists that I've looked at. So. Good enough. All right. Well, and again, Joe Jans has uh, put together a website for us called CinescareHorror.com, and that is where you can find all of your Cinescare goodies, including all of our shirts and other merchandise that you can you can link up there, and our episodes are there. And I, I'd like to, in the new year, add a little more content maybe of some kind, and we'll figure out what and... I don't know, Joe. Do you have any plans or any thoughts? Um, no. All uh, right. Well, not as of yet, but I'm open to suggestions. Yeah, we'll we'll come up with something and uh, and let you know what it is. So, I guess until next time, and we, it'll be what Christmas? Yeah, the week of it Christmas. It will be for our, uh, our our episode will come out on Christmas Eve. Ooh, Ooh. nice. Joe, right? bringing yeah, is that oh, yeah. right? Wait a minute, because we're yeah, the twenty first will be that Tuesday, twenty second, twenty. Yep, Christmas Eve. So nice. that's yeah, that's very exciting, Joe. Yeah. I'm I've never been so thrilled for Christmas in all my life. <laughs> I feel I like did. yeah. All right, well, that's it for this time, and we will see you next time. Good night, Brian. <laughs> Damn Good night, it. Brian. <laughs>
Lick me, lick me. Oh, my God. They used it. It's hurting me. It's hurting me. They used it. Oh, my gosh, yeah.